love one another, forgive, judge not, fear not. It's all such great advice with beautiful outcomes, but none of those principles is a one-step process. So let's talk specifics, the messy step-by-step. Welcome to, but how though, in a bunch of other spiritual conundrums. Welcome back to, but how though. Today, we're going to talk about a question that Jesus has asked that I think bears closer examination than we sometimes give it. In the New Testament, in Mark, Matthew, and Luke, we read about an account of a dude that is healed. It's a super strange story, which is why I totally love it. Jesus is teaching in a home that is clearly full of people. He's already performed several miracles. I think his fame at this point has gotten around Every time he goes to teach somewhere, people gather to listen and also to see what he's going to do. There are townspeople, there are Pharisees who are basically like the local clergy who teach Jewish law as well as the religious aspect. These people are gathered listening to Jesus. Well, during the course of his sermon, whatever he was talking about, several people are carrying someone who cannot walk for himself. It says four people bear him in. They cannot get close to Jesus because there's too many people, but they are determined. So instead of just trying to push their way through the crowd, which became pretty clear that they were not going to be able to do, they go up on the roof of this house (laughs) and like move the roof tiles so they can lower this dude down so that he can get to Jesus. Jesus did not discourage this. So in Mark 2, it says, When he saw their faith, he said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Well, as you might imagine, if there are clergymen in the room, they do not recognize Jesus as the Son of God or any kind of God. They just think he's some guy, some really compelling preacher that people are listening to. I think a lot of them viewed him as a threat. So he says the words, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And all of a sudden, these Pharisees are like, what did he just say? What did he just say? Why doth this man speak blasphemies? In Mark 2, who can forgive sins but God alone? Why did he think that he could even say that and then say it in front of us? Nobody can forgive sins except God. Who does he think he is? which is so interesting because at this point he already has performed several miracles. And Jesus knows that these guys are thinking this. It says that he perceived their thoughts of their hearts. And he turns to them and he says, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? Which is easier? To say, why would it be harder to forgive someone's sins than heal their body? He asked them that question. He didn't just say, dude, it takes the same amount of power from me either way. I can do this. I can do this. I have zero limitations because I am the son of God. So he didn't try to prove anything to them. He asked them the question, which is easier? Think about that. Which is easier? There are three reasons that immediately came to my mind about why this question is so important to examine. The first thing 
is that the Pharisees and maybe other people in, in the crowd, when they heard the words, thy sins be forgiven thee, they immediately bristled. They judged that. Like, wait a minute. Okay, you can go around and like heal lepers and like blind people and stuff, but you're going to go ahead and say thy sins are forgiven thee? Like that's, that's a pretty bold claim that you can do that. We often get very pharisaical about the way that God deals with us and about the way that God deals with others when we witness it or when we hear about it. And sometimes we want to judge. We want to decide what can or can't be done based on our limited knowledge of the way things work or based on our limited knowledge of the way God has worked with us in our lives. And we want to say whether or not something is possible based on that limited knowledge. And we want to say it for someone else. We judge each other's miracles sometimes. Sometimes we might hear somebody say, I was led by God to a certain doctor. And that doctor helped me heal from whatever ailment it is. I found the right shoulder surgeon and I've been happy ever since. I found the right therapist to help me. They're led to some sort of professional. But what if that person then said, I was led to CBD oil and I've never been happier. I was led to essential oils. I was led to the wilderness. And in the wilderness, I saw a plant that then I consumed. And then all of a sudden I was healed. And we want to say, wait a minute. I don't know about that. I don't think God would work in that way. That doesn't make any sense. Because of our limited knowledge, we limit what we believe God can do. I have witnessed this in my own heart so many times. (laughs) So many times. I have limiting beliefs, just like we all do, that come from my limited knowledge of the way things work. What I have witnessed and what I have seen and what I have been taught is and is not possible. I don't mean that I was taught directly like my mother and father said, this is possible and this is not possible. I just mean integration of things as I watch them unfold around me and I internalize what I see and decide what is and is not possible based on that. Well, God doesn't have those kinds of limitations at all. And Jesus, certainly when he's sitting with these people, if it takes the same amount of effort from him, he does not have to say one is harder than the other or one is more possible than the other or one is morally superior to the other as far as forgiving sins or healing a body. But we do that to each other sometimes. In the Humans Dealing with Humans podcast, in the Mustard Seed episode, I talked about a friend of mine who wanted to get out of debt. That was a miracle that she wanted. So she asked God for help with that, and he directed her to buy houses, plural. He directed her to buy a second home. Then he directed her to buy a third home. Well, I know that there are people that are like, God would not do that. That is not financially responsible. He wouldn't tell her to buy more homes. And that is coming from a judgmental place of thinking she shouldn't have bought more homes or maybe we're jealous that she could buy more homes or whatever it is that stops us from believing that that's possible. But that actually was her pathway to getting out of debt. Her miracle did occur. She was able to sell the homes and get all the way out of debt by following God's path for her that he directed. When husband and I decided to ask for big things in our life, We had a lovely home, but we wanted more. And lots of people might say, "Mm, God's not going to give them a bigger house. You can't just ask for a bigger house. 
But that is actually what happened. That is actually what occurred. And when God said yes, there were some moments in my own heart where I had to examine, do I believe that this is possible? Do I believe that he can say yes to this? Do I believe that he will do this? Because sometimes in our heart, we put limitations on what we should and shouldn't be asking for. Just like the Pharisees. He shouldn't be saying he can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins without recognizing where that forgiveness, where that power is coming from. The power is coming directly from God. And we can't limit it just by our prejudices. (laughs) We can limit its effect in our lives though, which brings me to the second point I really wanted to examine with this story. Jesus gave both miracles without hesitation, right in a row, right in front of a huge crowd on a very personal level for this one person. But he did not say, Either we go and heal your heart for the forgiveness angle or we heal your body. Which would you prefer? Jesus is an and kind of guy. He's not an either or kind of guy. When he asks us about our desires, it's because he truly wants to know. It's because he truly wants to help. It's because he truly wants to give. And we might limit our access to his power by making it an either or situation by saying he could heal the blindness, but he can't really (laughs) heal the sins or he could help me repent and heal the sins in my heart. But I'm probably never going to find a solution to this physical problem. I'm probably just on my own on that. I probably better not ask because Jesus is about my spiritual progression. He's not about my physical comfort. And we will limit what we allow him to do, what we allow him to lay his hands on in our lives by our own deduction of what is appropriate or what is possible in our lives. And because of that, we might get an either or situation, but not from him. He did both without hesitation, right in front of people. What it did require was the faith. And he saw This faith demonstrated by the people that were carrying this man in and by this man himself. They saw it was going to be difficult to get to Jesus. Some might have said impossible. There's too many people here. We can't bring him in. Dang it. Maybe we could try when he goes to the next place. No, no. They went to the roof. They didn't see the roof tiles as a huge (laughs) hindrance to their goal. They just went ahead and took those tiles off because they knew getting to Jesus was the way to get their desired miracle. They used the ask, seek, knock recipe, actually. They had a desire. They sought the way and then they incited them to action with the knocking. Now the knocking came through taking off roof tiles and lowering the guy in. It's going to look different for everyone, (laughs) but it's the same recipe. It takes the same amount of faith to heal our hearts and repent as it does to get a physical miracle like healing a body. And we often separate the two, but are they separate really? Which is easier for him? He's saying it takes the same thing from the dude, faith, the ask, seek, knock recipe, as it takes for for all of us for anything that we want. And the same thing from Jesus, which is power and a willingness to use his power after we come to him. But how though, how do we tap into the idea of zero limitations in order to use it 
in our lives because this was a cooperative situation. Every time there's a miracle that occurs in any life ever, it is a cooperative situation. God doesn't show up and give you a miracle that you were not asking for, that you didn't want. He does not insert himself in that way, force you in any one direction. He's very respectful of our desires. He asks first what the desires are. Sometimes he might come and show up and double dog dare you to ask for something like he did to me, but he doesn't force you to believe in him. So how do we tap into it? How do we tap in to the limitless power he has when there are so many things around us telling us what you want? It's not possible to get it. That thing that is just in your heart that you keep thinking about and thinking about that dream that you have, you don't deserve it. It's the wrong thing to want. It's the wrong thing to ask for. I wanted a bigger house. Okay, you guys, how many times have we said to ourselves, it is morally incorrect to want a bigger house? I don't know about you. I really don't. But for me, that was something I had to wrestle with. I had to examine those motivations. Is it morally correct to want a bigger house when I have a perfectly suitable house? And yet the miracle was still given freely without hesitation. The road was a little rocky at times getting there. The faith required to get there was a lot. But one thing that I've been noticing from this whole journey, and I realize I am not through it. And I'm sorry, you guys, that I do not shut up about the big ask and our own personal miracle with the the home journey and all the rest of it. I asked for physical and temporal changes. And as soon as I asked, miracles began to trickle in immediately. The first things were changes to my heart. And I was saying, well, what about the changes to my address? <laughs> what about the changes to my professional life? And he was saying, well, what's the difference? How about all of it? How about and? How about we get the changes to your heart and the changes to your professional life? Because the changes to your heart are going to lead you to the changes in your professional life. So how about we start with what we need to start with and do them all? And you won't understand the order, Rachel. That's okay. That's okay that you don't understand why we got to work on jealousy and being nice first. <laughs> and that every little lesson that trickles in is going to lead you to the next lesson, to the next lesson, to the next lesson. And the physical miracles are sprinkled in with the spiritual and emotional miracles. And it's okay that you don't understand. But when you follow the path and you open yourself up to the path, he's going to say, take the limitations away. What's the difference? We can do it all. I don't want to be the thing that holds God's love back, that holds God's power back because of my limiting beliefs. I asked in my big ask to be a member of his team. I wanted to be able to feel the love and be a part of the team, like feel that I was an acceptable part of the team. And I also wanted to be able to share the love and be a part of someone else feeling it. I want to be an unencumbered vessel to receive love and to experience miracles and to be part of it for anyone else, to be a part of it for everyone else that I can. Any connection that God is willing to make with me and another person in order to share this kind of experience and share this kind of love, I want in. And so far, God's withheld nothing. There are pieces that have been withheld for me as far as timing goes. I didn't get a brand new house 
the second I asked for it. It took two years for me to find my way and for the miracle to unfold for just the right house, just the right location, just the right time. But as soon as I asked and those miracles began to trickle in, my heart began to change immediately. Belief, willingness, humility, these were some of the little miracles handed to me through experiences. He didn't withhold any of it. He didn't cheapen any of it. He said, yes, let's forgive the sins. Let's rid your heart of that. And let's find you your physical miracle as well. Because Team Universe is the type of team that doesn't just sit and revel in the fact that they are a team with no limitations. They don't just use that as some weird flex so that everybody can look at them and think, oh, no one can beat them. They're unbeatable because they have no limitations. No, they use it. Let us do everything we can for you and with you. Whether is it easier to do this kind of miracle or this kind of miracle? How about we just do them all? That's all I got for this week. I'm Rachel Larson. Thanks so much for tuning in. We all got to keep asking for more. We all got to keep seeking for more. We got to be open to more. And one method of opening that door in a huge way is asking, but how though? 